Tom Swarbrick on LBC. With Enterprise, great rates on weekend escapes. It's 10 to 6, it's Friday, it's LBC, Tom Swarbrick and therefore the moment that you have been waiting for. The best storytelling you will hear anywhere on the dial. Do not adjust your sets for Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, this week's dispatch comes from Singapore as I continue my travels through Asia. Flying in here yesterday afternoon, the city-state was blanketed with a heavy cloud of smog. It's pretty much the same again today, and it's all a far cry from years gone by when you could land at Changi Airport and on the final approach see shipping and tankers on the horizon for miles. For scientists, it is unequivocal. Humans are to blame. For this city and for so many others around the world, attention turned this week to New York and United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez. The era of global warming has ended. The era, the era of global boiling has arrived. The air is unbreathable. The heat is unbearable. And the level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. Leaders must And so to Washington, where President Biden was reacting this week to the news that July is set to become the warmest month on planet Earth since record-keeping began. He had a range of new measures to announce. We've launched a a, a place you can go, heat.gov, to share life-saving information that you may need to know about. We should be protecting workers from hazardous conditions. The Department of Interior is using infrastructure funding to deal with the impacts of future droughts that are made ever all this more extreme heat, this extreme heat more consequential We'll leave him there because it becomes harder and harder to listen to him. Even when he's addressing a global emergency, he can never quite get through an announcement without mangling it. Yes, he's got a lifelong stammer, but he's also demonstrably slowing down. Little wonder that the latest polls suggest 70% of voters now think Biden at 80 is too old to be president. Nearly 60% of them express doubts about his fitness for office. And remember, he'll be nearly 82 by election day. On Capitol Hill this week, there was more sad evidence that America's ruling gerontocracy may have gone on for too long. Good afternoon, everyone. The Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, at his weekly news briefing. Uh, We're on a path to finishing the NDA this week. It's been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of... uh, And there he stopped, frozen in front of the cameras, suffering from some kind of as yet undisclosed health setback. The 81-year-old has been a fixture on Capitol Hill for four decades. He had a serious fall earlier this year. On Wednesday, his fellow Republicans ushered him away from the mics. Anything else you want to say? Or should we just go back to you? Do you want to say anything else to the press? Let's go back to you. Go ahead, John. Later, McConnell insisted he felt fine, but the entire incident again reminded Americans that a generation of politicians on both sides of the divide may soon be forced to embrace the sunset of their careers. One 77-year-old, of course, insists he's still raring to go, but this was the week when former President Donald Trump suffered another potential setback in his quest to return to the Oval Office. Last night, the Department of Justice widened its 
State's criminal case against him over his alleged mishandling of classified documents. He is now accused of attempting to alter, destroy, mutilate or conceal evidence after prosecutors determined that the former president told a property manager at his Mar-a-Lago estate to delete footage from security cameras that were trained on the rooms where the classified documents were stored. The single greatest witch hunt of all time. The former president in a fundraising video message to supporters last night. They don't go after the people who cheated in the election. They only go after the people who report on or question the cheating. This will go down as the biggest disgrace in American history. The new charges could carry an even longer prison term for Trump if he's convicted. He remains streaks ahead of all his rivals in the race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination. And as news of the new charges broke, one of them, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, posited a possible get-out-of-jail-free card. I don't think it would be good for the country to have an almost 80-year-old former president go to prison. And I look at like, you know, Ford, uh, pardon Nixon, took, took some heat for it. But at the end of the day, it's like, do we want to move forward as a country? He spoke there on XM Sirius Radio. Of course, if DeSantis could pardon Trump when he's president, then Trump could pardon Trump when he's president. There's no precedent for it. But when did that ever stop him? <laughs> There is also no precedent for the scenes that played out on Capitol Hill earlier this week. Long queues of people from all over the country snaked around congressional corridors in an effort to secure access to a committee room. The House Oversight Committee was convening to take evidence about UAPs, unidentified anomalous phenomena. They're what we all used to call UFOs. We were primarily seeing dark gray or black cubes inside of a clear sphere. These objects were staying completely stationary in Category 4 hurricane winds. These same objects would then accelerate to supersonic speeds, 1.1, 1.2 Mach. Uh, and they would do so in very erratic and, and quick behaviors that we don't, I don't have an explanation for. Ryan Graves, a former Navy pilot, describing one of many unexplained encounters that successive American governments are accused by the UFO community of covering up and sweeping under the carpet. I saw a white tic-tac object with a longitudinal axis pointing north-south and moving very abruptly over the water. David Fravor also testified he's a retired U.S. Navy commander. You know, I'm not like a UFO fanatic. It's not, it's not me. But I will tell you that what we saw with four sets of eyes over a five-minute period still... There's nothing, we have nothing close to it. The most sensational claims, though, came from a former intelligence official who became a whistleblower. David Grush, a veteran of the war in Afghanistan, was part of a Pentagon program tasked with investigating UFOs. I became a whistleblower uh, following concerning reports from multiple esteemed and credentialed current and former military and intelligence community individuals that the U.S. government is operating with secrecy above congressional oversight uh, with regards to UAPs. And he said that secret program is storing evidence of life on other planets after at least one extraterrestrial craft crashed and was recovered by the authorities. Here's his exchange with South Carolina Republican Nancy Mace. Biologics came with some of these recoveries, yeah. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. 
a skiff being one of the secure rooms at the Capitol where witnesses can testify about matters relating to national security. The Pentagon denies all of it, saying it has found no verifiable information to suggest that the US government is trying to reverse engineer alien spacecraft or the biologics of their pilots. But after the hearing was over, Republican Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna of Florida insisted she knows better. After everything that I've witnessed over the last couple of months looking into this, I do believe that there is other life out there. I also believe that um, it is possible that the U.S. government is back engineering um, potentially technology that's not from this world. Now, just to put this into context, as we hear the music from the X-Files, she is one of the Republicans' most voluble sceptics on the issue of climate change. She's described global warming as a crazy ideology. But in the week in which the world is poised to notch up its warmest month on record, she's more ready to believe in extraterrestrial life than she is in the cause of the smog I am currently looking at here in Singapore. One thing's for certain, Tom, on both issues, the truth is out there. From smoggy Singapore, via Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.